Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. These are not my practices labs. These are your, this is your body on paper. And what good is it to you if you don't understand it? Well, welcome back to the couch in the discovery doc. I'm here today with the discovery doc, Dr. Cece. Hey, I'm your host, Anna Kate. And today we are going to talk about continuing our conversation from our last episode where we talked about well care visits. And now we're going to shift into functional medicine. And that's the majority of what you treat in your practice. Yes. And how do you know the transition of going between well care and when does it turn into functional medicine? Yes. So sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have my my well patients who I see, you know, I do like a newborn home visit and then they're with me from birth on and they're just so healthy and great that I never need it to turn into functional medicine. And that's honestly my goal when I get, yes, when I get babies from the start is, and I really would love to get pregnant women from the start. Um, but when I get babies from the start, it's prevention and it's, you know, I know their history. I know the family's history. I know what they're genetically predisposed to, and I can help parents navigate how to avoid that or how to best, you know, just foster health and wellness as they grow up and very, you know, it depends on what age they are. Um, but that is the goal (laughs) when I get them as well, you know, visits initially is that I don't need them to cross over to, to functional medicine. Some patients come to me with existing symptoms where I see them for a well child visit. And I'm like, hey, like they have this, this and this going on. I really think we need to run more of functional medicine labs. So why don't we transition over there where when we get into interpreting those labs, it's a functional medicine visit because that is where I am then putting together protocols and, you know, doing whatever we need to do to make that kiddo um, just succeed and thrive and grow. But um, yes, to answer your question, the majority of my day is functional medicine, and that happens to be adults, mostly. Mm -hmm. I would say that it is, um, sorry, turn that off. It is 70% 70 adults, 30% kids, Mm -hmm. and these are patients who come to us for a specific reason. They come to us because they have been struggling for a long time, they have tried everything. That's such a, a disclaimer that every patient yep. gives me yep. is I've been everywhere. I've tried everything. Nothing's work. Nothing, you know, has worked. And I'm like, welcome. Welcome. And they're like, don't, you know, and they'll name off, they'll rattle off their symptoms and they'll be like, I know this is so much. I'm so sorry. It's so much. And I'm like, no, you are, you are a normal patient here. It's fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. Obviously I don't want you struggling, but it's fortunate because it's not abnormal to me right? Like you're not coming to us with all these symptoms. I'm like, whoa, you know, I've never heard of this. I've never, you know, seen this. Those, it doesn't scare me when patients have laundry lists of symptoms. It excites me because I'm like, let's dive in. Let's put this puzzle together. Yes. Let's figure this out. What is going on? Um, So yeah, it's not always does a well child visit turn into functional, but I balance a fine line between when I need it to Um, And when I don't, but I would say the majority of our functional patients come to us for functional medicine specifically. Right. For sure. So, and it is better. So back to my analogy of a house on fire. So it's better not to have the fire started at all. So starting with a pregnant mom or Mm -hmm. as soon as they get it, you know, as soon as you can get your hands on them for the well visits, but what is that? What So when you have a patient that's a little bit older or already has symptoms, how do you figure that out? And how do you 
walk through all of that information and know, okay, what's the fire? What's fueling the fire? Does the candle that's in the kitchen on tile and there's no actual active flames in there other than what's in the candle, what do I need to treat first? How do you navigate kind of through through all of that with a new patient? So new patient appointments are an hour for a reason. And it's most, I mean, 90% of the time we're going through history because a lot of times, and I've, I've been there myself, it wasn't until I came on to the other side of, of being chronically ill, was that I didn't realize where my trigger started, right? I thought that it was just an accumulation of time and things snowballing. And then looking back, I was like, oh no, my trigger was a vaccine. Um, and so for my patients, it is, I, I listen and I ask them a lot of questions questions that they sometimes will be a little challenging. Sometimes they won't recall. They'll have to call in, you know, their mm-hmm. parent, you know, even, even an adult patient will have to call their parent and be like, I don't know the answer to that because history tells me so much. Right. It tells me so much. And oftentimes in my brain where their health history comes down to is much earlier than where they think. And so I'll have, I mean, I have, you know, patients who are 50 plus and I will ask them, Hey, in childhood, any recurrent illnesses, any recurrent antibiotics use, any steroid, you know, any, were there any chronic conditions, lots of ear infections, lots of strep infections, what was going on when you were, you know, five and under, Yeah. like, what do you remember? What can you tell me? Because those first couple of years of life are so crucial to mm-hmm. how we develop, how our microbiomes develop. So it is navigating their history and picking out just pertinent points that then trigger my brain. So as you're talking as a patient and you're like, yeah, you know, now that you say it, um, by the time I was five, I probably had like eight to 10 strep infections. I'm like strep antibodies. You know, I'm writing down things that we have to look at, even if it was 50 years ago, because these are all things within the immune system that can snowball and like retain this heightened state of, uh, you know, an immune response to that we are then reacting to 20 years later. So a lot of it is history. So I would say about half the labs that I recommend for a patient are based on what I hear in their extensive history. The other half is the questions I want answered and based on their symptoms. Right. So I never want to run labs and give you problems, right? Right. I want to run labs and say, okay, I am seeing that you are super inflamed. I'm seeing that your white blood cells are kind of angry with each other and you have something chronic going on. And I'm seeing that your immune system is somewhat attacking itself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just give you that. What, what the heck what are you doing with that? Right. right. What the heck are you supposed to do with that? Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. What do I, what do we do? Yeah. Cause then you go home, you Google all the things and it ends up in death or cancer when right. we Google anything. Right. So I want to be able to give you those markers. And the reason why I test some of those things are so that I can see your baseline. And as we get through treatment, I can show you how your immune system is working better, how you're less inflamed. But in that initial kind of follow-up, when we review all these labs, I also want you to know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So I want to say, hey, yeah, your CD57 is low. Your immunoglobulins look off. It looks like something more chronic is going on. And over here, here's why. Right. And then we come up with a plan with that why. What do we do? How are we going to treat this? How are we going to eradicate this? Um, because then it's not as scary yeah. for the patient to have all these what ifs and all these question marks. Um, but then when I start going through the whys, patients are like, oh, wow, this makes sense. Like this, when I start explaining the symptoms it can cause, they're like, this is what I feel, oh, you okay. know? Yeah. Like, and it's, okay. it was a little scary and I don't like that I have, you know, X, Y, and Z, but wow, it gives me like a burning sensation in the bottom of my feet. Or it could make my tinnitus much worse or could, you know, contribute to the pot symptoms that I'm having. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, this is cool to know that there's an answer and there's something to be done right. about it. And that's super, super satisfying. So 
Did I answer your question? <laughs> I no, feel no, like I, I just started talking about. Yeah, it's all the. But again, it's all the things of get you know getting into that functional space of it's not just acute. Again, it's not acute care. It's chronic yeah. care. Yes. Yes. Like, and it, it's giving solution. So a good example for you also is like an ANA, right? We talked about this a little when we we're talking about your story is a positive ANA or anti-nuclear antibodies. It means the, the body has developed these antibodies that are starting to attack yourself, your own tissue, right? Starting to view yourself as foreign and conventional medicine says, okay, this is happening in your body. Here's a steroid to suppress that immune response, right? I want to know what they're trying to suppress. Yes. What they're trying to attack. What they're trying to attack. What they are trying to save you from, essentially. What are they going after? Why did they turn on? That's what I want to know. And so I'll always, you know, patients come to us on medications and on things, and I will never change, like step on any other provider's toes. I'll never rip something quickly from a patient, especially someone who's been chronically struggling. Mm -hmm. I will, that steroid is going to stay there. You're going to check in with your specialist. You are going to keep those, you know, physicians and that team on board, but we're going to work over here and we're going to not interfere with anything that's being done over there, but we are going to figure out the why, what is reacting in your body? What and, is on fire? And that is so much easier to instead of going in and blowing out the candle like figuring out what the fuel source is yes. that's that's doing this that's the house fire the house yeah. is on fire the alarm bells have given up because it has been so long that yeah. this fire has been raging and am i eating something like we talked about our our food sensitivities am i am i eating something that's lighting extra candles right. that are adding to this problem they're contained and they'll go away maybe or not or whatever because mm -hmm. they're they're isolated incidences but kind of going back to the the testing and you kind of having an overall you know we've talked about before being um kind of the well, what's the word like part of the medical team of looking at it yeah. in such a big picture that yes, specialists need to do their specialist things mm -hmm. that I, these are things that I do not do. I understand yes. somewhat of them. I want to look at everything. Um, but getting the baseline of labs and then we'll, I've got some, re me personally, I've got some resources that I can put together in our, in our community for it, for you to be able to track them yourselves mm -hmm. of knowing, okay, we did these, this CD57, my white blood count, cell count was this, my uh, lymphocytes were at this. And then, so that way it's easier for you as the patient to track it, to track it mm -hmm. and know what all this means because you get all this stuff and can be then, what? then what do you do with these numbers yeah. and the testing rate where if you're outside the testing rate and you don't know, and it just says, hi, well, yeah. what are my numbers that makes it high? And yeah. where do I want to, want to shift and test that? like what is that really what is normal in the rate of how they tested those hundred call people? on me to okay yes because i have an issue with this is i have two issues with what things that you were just talking about number one is that i can't tell you how many of my patients come to me after i mean most of them have seen specialists right and they upload labs so, you know any recent labs i asked for anything done within the, the past year and I'll skim through them before I go in to see the patient. And I will pick out certain things that I personally see on those labs. And I get to the patient, I'd be like, hey, you know, going through your labs and, and did you know that this, this, and this are going on? Or do you, you know, I just, this is my interpretation of, of what I see. And they're like, no, nobody went through them with me. Like they just, they sent them to me and said that they look fine. And I'm like, okay. But the issue is that these reference ranges are not fine. So lab core reference ranges are, it's sick America. It's comparing you to sick America. Right. We are the number one country for chronic illness in the world. So mm -hmm. why do I want to compare you, my patient, who I'm trying to get to a space where you are as optimal as you can be? Why do I want you similar to a sick American? I don't. I, don't. I want you optimal. And so I'm looking at those reference ranges and mine are half of what lab cores are in terms of you know, even something simple like thyroid function. I want that T3 above a 3.2. 2.1 is not normal. That is low. But according to LabCorp, it's normal. So I dissect those labs in a way that conventional doctors do not. 
nothing against them. It's all about the training. Um, but it, it's <laughs> a lab value that is compared to sick America. So I see those and see flames everywhere. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone else seems to, you know, to say that they're fine. And I went through that personally for years and years and years where you're told, but your labs look great. They look fine. They look wonderful, but I'm not fine. And I'm not okay. <laughs> right. It exactly. looks good on paper, but I'm not okay. Exactly. So I just, in the field that I work in and the patients that I get, I've had to learn how to evaluate those common labs in a much more specific way to give me flags. And I right. say this all the time to patients. I'm like, Hey, these are yellow flags for me. They're not red flags. Some are red flags, but these are yellow flags to say, Ooh, this might be going on here. It looks like maybe there's something, you know, chronic viral go going on. And these are the more specific labs that I need. Yeah. So it's just a, a very different take, but I will never turn down when a patient is seeing specialists or when they're doing imaging or doing any of that, I will never turn it down. Why? Because the information is better to have the information. Right. I would rather you get that information and there's nothing, nothing, air quotes, nothing that can be done about it. Or there's some sort of answer. You know, I don't ever want to discourage a patient seeing somebody else or following through with their specialist because if there is something that's missed, that is what I think about. Because right. a lot of patients come to me and they're like, well, you know, can I stop seeing my endocrinologist now? And I'm like, no, not right now. No, like mm -hmm. that's been a, a core part of your stability or, or where you are, you know, are. Let's just keep things status quo until we see what's going on. But I will always take that additional information. What we do with it <laughs> is a different story, but I will always encourage that extra information. Right. And it's also, again, going back to having a medical team that, you know, you're looking at things from a much wider perspective of what is optimal? Like, yeah. what are the things that you, that we can do for you and look at, look at all the things. So if you've done, so discover, this is for you. If you've ever done labs, find them all, find the, all your records and kind of categorize them and, and, and see what your patterns are because your baseline or your reference range is your reference range. So mm -hmm. it's not, again, we don't want to compare ourselves to sick America, but what your number, how they track. And I'm chronically, my white blood cell count is low. Like three is a high number for mm -hmm. a high number for me, but I can go and see it's 1.2, 1.3, like all of those things. And then it's progressed where three is now kind of normal for me. Um, but I wouldn't have known that. And three is still not optimal for, yeah. you know, so it's not. I like it about six and a half, seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for me, that's, a, it's a big change from 1.2 for years. So yeah. no, having your reference range as an individual provides more information yes. over a long period of time yes. rather than comparing to exactly because not everyone fits in the box there is you know like you said your reference range is your reference range your baseline is your baseline so that's also very important to know and women versus men mm -hmm. too and just where we are and things like that change all the time too what was going on was it a stressful time were we sick what did we have, you know, was it crazy at work? Were we dealing with four kids at home? Like mm -hmm. what was happening? Cause our cells respond to that too. Right. You know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's great to understand your body. And I don't think a lot of people do. And on the flip side, or I, I shouldn't say that they don't, it's that we're not educated on how to, or how to pay attention to yeah. like yeah. a headache, just a headache. No, it's not. It's there's, you yes, know, it's not something else going right. On. PMS is not normal. Headaches are not normal. Bloating after every meal is not normal. But society likes to tell us that these <laughs> that these things are normal. Um, but one thing that I, I try to do, and my follow ups are super thorough because of this. And Heidi yells at me all the time because I <laughs> take forever. Heidi, quit yelling at her. I know. She's doing I'm doing my best. Okay, she's my nurse. She runs all my patients. But it's because. I, I like to explain everything. And mm -hmm. I, I say this, I'm like, these are your, these, this is your body on paper. All of these labs are, yes, they're, you know, it's at my discretion to suggest what labs to do that's appropriate at this time, but these are not my labs. 
These are not my practices labs. These are your, this is your body on paper. And what good is it to you if you don't understand it? Mm -hmm. So no, I don't have the time to sit in there and, you know, go through everything I've ever learned in my life and how I, I come to the conclusion yeah. of interpreting those labs. But you better believe that my patients walk out of that meeting understanding the ratios, understanding what I'm looking for, understanding what we need to improve, mm -hmm. understanding the things that are there that shouldn't be there. And I mean, it takes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half to go through all these labs so that you're not just getting a piece of paper that tells you what to do right. and you have no idea why. Right. And it's so important and it is such a game changer of being on, on the receiving end of, because I've worked with you before in the past of like, she's like, tell me your story. And then she's like, okay, well, these are the things that I want to track and check and, and do. Mm -hmm. And then when those results came back, it was like, okay, this is what this means. And she asked me, you asked me last week, what are your lymphocytes and your neutrophils? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, what? You don't know that number? Like your phone Like number? off the top of your head, yeah. right? No, no. I mean, I can go and find it. Like, so, and yeah. of course, you know, going into, we'll get into the, we'll do it a whole episode on, on my binder of, of putting it into a spreadsheet. So, you know, that once, cause it's a little overwhelming starting from scratch. If you're chronically ill, like I am of, I have had a stack of papers that I had to go through and organize and get mm -hmm. all that information. But when you have new tests done, putting that on a spreadsheet and creating a, a thing, because once you put everything in, it's just easy to go and fill in. Right. But then I can take it to a specialist or an, another doctor and I can bring it into her office and say, okay, this is since 2016. Here's all of my labs. Mm -hmm. She's going to notice a pattern faster than anything else that's going to give her way more information than I could just sitting yeah. there talking to her and telling her all my history. Then that yeah. she can ask pertinent information about, Hey, your lymphocytes were go like, go like this, like what's <laughs> happening. Like, so what happened in, you know, 2018, Yeah. what happened in 2012? Oh, I had a pulmonary embolism and was anemic and my life was super stressful or whatever it was. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, this is reflective in your labs. Yeah. So she can look at it in a different perspective and then say, these are the things that we need to watch and going, going through and all that. So that's yeah. where the functional medicine knowledge and big picture has been instrumental in my own life. And I know that that's how you yeah. run your practice and just getting that. Yeah. And on the picture. flip side, it's not just useful if you're chronically ill. It's useful if you're super healthy too, because I... I, I love, I would love to have healthy patients, but it's not the reality of our world. The reality of our world it's is sick that, care, not well care. Yes, is that I, I do get mostly sick patients who come to us for a reason because they know what we treat, how we treat it, and, and what we stand for, and that I won't stop. Like, mm -hmm. I won't stop until I find certain answers and give you some new insight to your health or what's going on. Um, like I will not stop asking why, but on the flip side, we do have patients who come just for wellness. And I love that where it's, instead of going to a regular PCP, they, they come to us and they're like, Hey, I'm great. I'm healthy. You know, 50 years old, super active, eating well, cognitively feel great. I just want to stay that way. And I'm like, yes, let's do that. And even in that sense, my, you know, you go to a walk-in clinic or a normal PCP, and their yearly labs are a CBC and a TSH, right? Yeah. So white blood cells and one little marker on, on a thyroid. And I'm like, yeah, that's not really preventative to me, right? Yeah. That's just, that's very basic information. So I, I will run a very comprehensive, still through insurance, but I'll run a very comprehensive lab for those yearly patients. And then we can keep track of things like liver enzymes, white blood cells, T, you know, T4, T3, ferritin, iron, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. B12 levels, micronutrients to see, okay, are you taking anything like supplement wise? Have you changed anything? Do we need to add something to keep you healthy and hormone wise as well? Always check hormones. Um, I love those patients. Just, I love to keep people healthy because I wish that was focused upon more. Right. And I wish it was just a little more comprehensive as the norm to look at the body holistically and not just three stinking markers. Imagine that. <laughs> and also, can I just say while I'm ranting, like, so bucks. Oh, look. Get up there. 
<laughs> like with a lipid panel, right? If we're running a, a cholesterol panel on somebody and the total cholesterol is high and then a normal PCP is like, here's a drug, right? Your total cholesterol is high. Here's a drug. I get, when I get patients, I'm like, yo, can we do some math here? Mm -hmm. Can we, can we do some division? Cause let me show you that this doctor who just put you on a, a cholesterol drug for the rest of your life. Let me show you how your cholesterol is actually optimal because people don't understand that the LDL plus the HDL equals your total cholesterol. So if you have amazing HDLs, which are that good cholesterol, yep. that's good brain fuel and you, your LDLs are just, you know, slightly elevated, maybe 105 or so, that's an amazing cholesterol panel, but your total cholesterol will be high because that HDL is contributing to mm -hmm. it. And the patient will send from me like, oh my gosh, like I have this prescription sitting at the, the pharmacy and I'm like, Don't no, fill it. Don't go get it. Like the, anybody who follows Mediterranean diets, <sighs> they, they will have very similar lipid panels right. and arguably those are the healthiest humans. Yep. So can we just stop for a second to do some math and not just throw people on drugs to do it? Right. Can we do that? Mm -hmm. Can we? Let's do that. Okay. Let's, Let's do, do that. that. <laughs> I, you know, again, it's understanding <gasps> your body, what's happening, what's going on. Like, so, you know, there's the pre-diabetes panel. It's like, yeah. okay, let's look at your diet, your exercise, and are you mm -hmm. hydrated? If yes. you can address those three things, probably fixes a lot of what yes. Western medicine would just throw a pill at. Right. And there so. are so many, anyone in that like 5.7, 5.8, 5.9 category, there are so many good natural agents that we can't, yes, have, lifestyle is massively important there, right? But genetics also play a part, you know, mm -hmm. to do in it. And so there are some natural agents that are awesome for those people right on the cusp that, hey, let's do this for the next couple months. We're going to keep it on our radar. We are going to absolutely retest you, but I'm not just going to jump right to metformin or, you know, a drug. There are so many other things that can be done. And I think that is what's, that's one thing that's a little different about me when I, when I practice is you have people, practitioners, whether they are PAs or naturopathic doctors or nurse practitioners or whoever in the functional medicine field, and they are heavy on the naturalistic side of things, which is amazing. Um, but I try my best to cherry pick. Mm -hmm. I try my best to take the best sides of all medicine. There's a place and a time for every type of medicine. Absolutely. Conventional medicine is life-saving, you know, in, in certain situations. It can also be detrimental in certain situations, but Hey, so can herbs, you know? So it's about picking and choosing the best aspects of all types, whether it's homeopathy, vitamins, minerals, herbs, you know, and prescriptions and peptides and whatever it is, and being able to choose the, the most appropriate option for that patient right. and being able to combine all those worlds together instead of being like anti- one side or anti the other side. Right. You right. know, cause it does, it does take both. And you know, and I have that personal belief as yes. well for me is I'm not opposed to taking a prescription. There's ones that I have to take, but I do want to do what I can do it, as an individual with my nutrition and moving my body and hydration and, and kind of all of that. But then if there's another option on the more holistic side mm -hmm. of, okay, well, can I take this? that doesn't typically have a side effect. Right can I, can I do that to help support, to make me optimal, but I'm not saying, no, I'm just not going to take a prescription. Right. Like I want to understand why I'm taking it and why, why and what else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I try my, I, I don't try, I do. I, I respect my patient's wishes. And so I will never, like, I do have patients who are, and I, I mean this in more like of a, an acute setting. I'm not someone who's prescribing medications for you to be on for the rest of your life. Like, don't get it twisted there. But I do think that there's a space where medications are needed, 100%. Um, I just don't believe it's a solution to a long-term problem. So patients, I do have patients who come to me who, like, we try to compound as many medications as we can, just because they're a little cleaner in terms of ingredients. Um, but where I will be you know, maybe I'm, I don't know, treating some sort of candida infection and I, and I use like a systemic candida infection. I use multiple different agents. I usually use two natural things and then I come behind that and I do compound nystatin, mm -hmm. you know, or diflucan. And some patients are like, nope, 
I don't want that. I want nothing to do with pharma. And I'm like, it's compounded. Like it's a little different, you know, yeah. but still, you know, I'll explain the difference and they're like, nope, I don't want it. I'm like, okay, great. I have no problem with that because I always have a natural option where if a patient declines some sort of prescription, phenomenal, fine, we'll do it this way. And I always ask because yes, my, a lot of my patients have a really bad history with conventional medicine. And so they group that prescription into that right. experience and they just want nothing to do with that. And so I will absolutely respect that. I'll find, you know, I'll incorporate, you know, for that candida infection, whatever is a third natural agent to make sure that we are inhibiting that fungus. We're making sure that we're treating it for long enough, et cetera. Um, and then same on, on the flip side where they're, you know, totally forward and I, I'll tell them efficacy and how things, you know, work and they'll be like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, great. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And I, I do think that <laughs> Very that's flexible. also, you know, and we can do a whole episode on kind of the going from, you know, big pharma prescriptions to compounding yes. to, yeah. to, you know, homeopathic natural yeah. remedies, and then even down to herbs and tinctures and kind yeah. of all of that and going through that whole, whole spectrum. Um, I had a really good question. And then I said that, dang it. But that's a good point because like we, I like to intermix all those together. You know, it's especially for acute, like things I'm treating more acutely. Okay, mm -hmm. we find out that there is a Bartonella infection. Okay, I'm going to treat that for the next six to eight weeks and then you're done. So you're only taking this prescription if it is, um, if there is a prescription on there for the next six to eight weeks. Right. I am, I cannot emphasize the fact that I'm not prescribing a drug for a patient to be on long-term. Right, right. And we also wanna know why understanding why we're taking things that you've yes. prescribed or suggested yeah. for a short period of time. Cause I've gotten so many things that end up in my basket. It's like, okay, well you need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why? Right. Like, why am I taking, like, I know that you told me in the office, but I don't remember so why, but me. I want to know. Call on me. So one thing I do, and this is part OCD, but part also because I've been the patient I've <laughs> with a practitioner we both know mm -hmm. i've walked out of the office when i was sick and been like what the heck like what just happened yeah what am i doing what what is this i don't even know why that prescription get called into the pharmacy for me i don't like that prescription what am i doing here right why am i changing this why am i taking this and just confused and i never want patients leaving my care being confused and so i know i'm very logical i know that when we have an hour to talk about six labs and these are five pages long each, you're not going to retain all that information, but yeah. you'll sit with your pen, you'll highlight certain things, you'll take notes on there to remember, you know, little just kind of keywords. On my treatment plans, whenever there's a prescription or a supplement or just like a random tidbit that we talk about, I'm writing it down right. and I'm writing down why. So even for a prescription, I'll put in parentheses what it's for, what it's treating. For the supplement, I'll write in the notes why you're taking it, what it's doing, how long you're taking it for, when you're taking it throughout the day. Right. And I'm, I'm super OCD about that because I want you being able to look at that paper and being like, just, you know, your, your light bulb's going off and you're like, oh yes, okay, we found this infection and this is how we're treating it. And it says right here that I have to do it for this long mm -hmm. and at these times. So yeah, I, I never want patients walking out feeling unsure or why they're taking it. I always also, or I write it down also because I want you to be able to research. Like if there is a peptide I'm su suggesting, I want you to be able to go look it up, see what it is, you know, see the literature behind it right. and make your educated decision if you actually want to do it or not. You know, I don't want to just tell you Interesting. what to do. I want you to know, you know, why I'm suggesting it. And then for you to make that educated decision. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you do a, an actually phenomenal job at that. So for you discover out there, ask the questions and write things down and know things. And, you know, you could always, you know, send an email to your practitioner. Of ask why. why. Yeah. Yeah. Ask why. I don't care if they get annoyed and people only get annoyed if they don't know the answer. Yeah. That's what I find. Mm -hmm. But ask why. And if they can't answer your question, then you know they're not the practitioner for you. Right. And they want you to get better. So if they are annoyed or like yes. say, oh, well, it's on your sheet. 
it's like, no, the, you listed it out, but you didn't explain. Yeah. Like I, you know, so yeah, I found out the other day that when I was taking, um, my flame blue, like, Hey, you know, it would have been really good if I went out in the sun an hour after I took it. Mm. Didn't learn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what else can I do to optimize what I'm, I'm doing right. when to take it, when, you know, like I also found out the other, not that I need to know this, but you might need to know this, <laughs> um, discover that, uh, if you're having morning sickness, cause you're pregnant, uh, how's your magnesium levels? Yeah. Cause you want to, it alleviates some of that morning sickness yes. and that nausea. B vitamins as well. Yeah. If your magnesium is. Low. Yeah. Very simple things. Vitamin. Hello. Like I know. Yeah. Just, just always ask why it will, it will never be annoying to somebody who truly wants you to get better, who truly knows the answer and wants to help you. I find that practitioners shut patients down if they are just, if one, you're in a practice where you're just cow, you know, you're, you're herded hurt yeah. like, like cattle. Um, but two, where it's just like, they're, they're so in the box that you are either in the box with them or you're they're crazy right. or, you know, you're non-compliant or you're something else just for asking questions. If that's happening to you, you are in the wrong space, bro. And I promise you there's practitioners out there who won't judge you or won't, or who will actually just listen to you and, and take your symptoms that you're having and understand that they're real and it's not, you know, just in your head. That's important. Yeah. You feel, especially with having something chronic, you feel unseen because you know that it's real and you're experiencing it mm -hmm. and going to a PCP that doesn't understand. Yeah. And then going to a functional medicine practitioner that understands and can ask the questions. It's a world, it's a world of difference. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I have kind of innately fallen into the Lyme world is because of my experience and because I can relate to how those patients feel and the symptoms that they say they're comfortable saying it because they know I've been there, you know, mm -hmm. they're not going to go to a, a primary care physician and tell them that, you know, they have a feeling like their insides are vibrating or like there's a guitar string that's just being plucked on the inside of their organs. Mm -hmm. You know, that basically is going to look at them and be like, okay, what drug are you on? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, I know exactly how you feel. Like it feels like, you know, it kind of bumps around for 30 seconds or so and gets like deep in there. And then it, it kind of settles for a second, then it might come back. And they're like, yes what is that yes what is that and they're like and why do you know like why do you why did you just pinpoint those words and i'm like because i've been there mm -hmm. you know i've been there and there's some symptoms that i never had you know that patients have but i will never judge that because i know how many quote random symptoms i had and went through that were extremely real mm -hmm. that i will never say to a patient that that's oh no that is odd you yeah. know that's weird like yeah. mm, you know you might want to go see psych that's probably just anxiety. Oh, hysteria. Everything's anxiety. Yes. <laughs> oh, she's not a woman that's having hormonal issues. She's hysteric. Just she's right. Fine. She needs an anti-anxiety drug. Um, but I do, you know, on the flip side, one thing that's in, in important kind of in that chronic Lyme world to talk about is like the healing journey too. And I think that also makes us a little bit different because I also learned this personally is you can take away what's going on that shouldn't be there, but that doesn't magically heal the body. Right. And there are so many things that need to happen to get someone who has been chronically ill back to a space where they do feel optimal, where they're able to run their own business again and wake up and feel good every day. Now we all it takes a while because we all ebb and flow with our energy, mm -hmm. with our stress levels, you know, and it, for me, for example, it took me years and years of therapy to kind of look past being chronically ill and understand, oh, you know, I got three kids. I run a practice. I'm tired today. And that's okay. This is not Lyme tired. Right. This is just a normal every day. Oh, I just need to get to sleep a little earlier tonight. Um, but it's so important to go through that healing journey with my patients as well, where physically, cognitively, cognitively, we need to utilize other modalities 
to heal the body. And sometimes that's IVs, sometimes that's peptides, sometimes it is stem cells, sometimes it is, you know, like PEMF and pulse and infrared and other modalities that I don't offer where I'm saying, hey, this is really great. You know, look into this person, see if you can find this near you if it's mm -hmm. not an out-of-state patient. Because that is so often missed where patients will feel good after you get rid of these things and then they just depart. Right. And then six months later, they're like, but my joints are still hurting. Yes, because you gotta heal the damage that was done. Right. You know. Remember we talked about that Swiss cheese? Like you gotta the, the holes have to you gotta be fill the filled, holes. filled in. Yeah. So then you're just cheese and not Swiss cheese. Yeah. Who likes Swiss cheese anyway? Sorry if you guys like so I don't I've never liked Swiss cheese. Okay. Like I don't, I don't like it. You're not an Emmentaler fan? No. Well, it's good. On, it's good on something. But she's also no. there. She's. We'll, we'll find out about this in our next episode <laughs> when we when we meet with Will. No dairy, no dairy in our house. So, um, but that's di that's different of why you don't like that cheese, and that's okay. Yeah, it's a taste thing. It's oh. like blue cheese. I, I don't will like actually cheese. vomit if I have blue cheese. No, <laughs> so I'm mold averse in any oh. like fermented things. Fine, no problem. Mold is not, I yeah. can't, my body has. And no. I've tried it several times as no. an adult, like a little, little tiny snippet. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just gnarly. No offense, y'all. No. Um, so we are at, um, do you want to go through these, your case studies, or do we want to do that in another episode? I think it's important to talk about one. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that just on the topic of functional medicine, um, we've talked so much about Lyme patients and co-infections and all these other things. And not every patient is chronically ill because of Lyme or co-infections, right? Right. There are tons of Crohn's, IBS, IBD, you know, gut ish, chronic gut issues that we deal with um, that always have an underlying reason as well. I love my Crohn's patients. Um, but also kids, you know, kids struggle with things very differently. And just a couple, it was probably two months ago, we had a six-month-old come in and the six-month-old had not gained an ounce, not an ounce in eight weeks. So in two months, the six-month-old, which y'all know babies grow like weeds. Yeah, they gain a pound in a, a feeding most of the time. <laughs> um, so that, the fact that we have a six-month-old who has not gained anything since four months, he's very small. Um, he could not have a bowel movement without being stimulated rectally hives everywhere unexplainably severe cradle cap severe eczema just inconsolable fussy you name it mom had been in his little short six months of life mom had been to multiple specialists in and out of choa um mom was fussy too huh mom was she's amazing i love i love the mom she yes i mean she was trying to find answers yeah. and she just she wasn't finding them they said he had the, the best she got was that oh he has reflux add a little um like oat or rice cereal to his breast milk and she did that and two months later <laughs> nothing and they're just like oh we don't know like failure to thrive this kid was failure to thrive at six months old and we got him i put my hands on him and we put him on i put him on a protocol just based on those current symptoms that he had supporting the gut decreasing histamine levels while our labs were pending and oh also lack of motor control so he was not at six months old he was not rolling either way um or and he was having a hard time with kind of grabbing things holding mm -hmm. on to small things five days later y'all five days later the mom comes in tears in her eyes and she's like He's gained a pound. See, I told you. He's gained a pound and he pooped on his own. His skin is already looking better. His cradle cap is almost gone. And that was just five. That was just me putting him on what I consider a very simple protocol based on the history, based on, you know, what that kid was presenting with at that time without any labs. And so now... Fast forward, and this kid, his his eczema is clear, cradle cap is gone, great poops, great pee, you know, urine yeah. diapers. He is thriving. He is sitting up. He is a chunky ham. And I'm just like, for me, it's it's so it's a weird position for me to be in because for me, I'm like, that was easy. 
that was easy. All I, looked. all I had to do was listen and look. That's all I had to do. But if I had just gotten my hands on this kid two months prior, like my, what I struggle with is like that kid wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have had to go, go through what he went through by the time he got to me. Yeah. And it happens a lot, but obviously I'm very thankful that he's doing amazing and thriving and all, all of that. Um, but I just think it's important that if there, there's just always something that can be done, you know, I'm not going to promise to, to cure everything on the planet. It's not possible, but I promise you that there is always something that can be done. And whether it's me who finds it or somebody else as a, an advocate for yourself or an advocate for your kid, just don't stop. You know, if you know innately that something doesn't feel right, that, you know, that your kid is not doing well, don't take whatever, quote, they, whoever they are, don't take that for the only answer. Right. Keep going until you find someone locally or wherever that can help you just approach whatever you're going through, your kid's going through from just slightly a different angle, you know, and that that's my goal. When patients come to me, I'm like, I tell myself this, I'm like, I have to look at this unlike what anybody else has looked at. Right. You know, I know that all the imaging is done. <laughs> I know that all the normal labs are done. So what is missing? And that's what I want to find, no matter if it's a six-month-old baby with failure to thrive, you know, a 35-year-old who's chronically ill from Lyme, or a 70-year-old with Crohn's, and everyone in between, is what is missing here? What are we not seeing? What piece? There's there's yes. a piece of the puzzle that's just there's not There's a piece to the puzzle, yeah. So, and it's kind of hard exactly. to, you kind of know what the picture is supposed to look like, but everybody's picture is different. Mm-hmm. So it, it's phenomenal that you can do that yeah. and that you can look and say, okay, well, let's, I mean, they call it medical practice for a reason, but you have application with the practice that it's like, there's, I'm not doing this for just no reason. There is a reason and explaining why, yes. and you know, that his motor function and mental, fu- his cognitive function increased by giving him what he needed and turning yeah. off the things that didn't need to be there. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's, in, that's incredible. That's I, I incredible. mean, yes, it is. It's very, those situations are extremely rewarding. It's never, it's not always that easy. I promise you that, but that is a good example. Just how the mom knew she was like, there's gotta be something else. Yeah. And she knew of us because she was a patient of a different naturopath. Um, and, and knew of us, you know, from just having that experience, but she just knew something was up. She knew something was wrong. And she was like, I just need someone else's opinion here. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yep. Fight and advocate not only for yourself, but also for your kids. And I think that yes. that has got to be the most frustrating thing is that you, you take your baby somewhere that's supposed to have answers and it's supposed mm-hmm. to know. And then they tell you, oh, well, just and do you, this. And it doesn't and work. And it doesn't work. And then you get bullied into like well this is either you're doing something wrong or well this is all that all that can be done so just keep doing it and they they pressure you and bully you into feeling like that's all that i can do then and just i want people to feel confident enough in their selves themselves and in their kid to challenge that and you you might not do it outwardly, you know, you might not be like to that doctor, be like, no, you know, and, yeah. and argue them and be like, this can't be it. But take that information, sit with it, see if you if your instincts are aligned with what that person is saying. And if it's not, then go elsewhere. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, you and yeah. I went through that in our own journeys of we went through several, you went through what, 30 something doctors? 36. Yeah, I had probably 10 or 12. And yeah. most of them were specialists and couldn't figure out what was going on with me yeah. either. But it's that thing of you've got, you have to. If it is not, I mean, it took me almost 10 years to start to get, I mean, I was treated, but to get the help that I yeah. was making progress yeah. wasn't instantly better. I'm still going, I'm still in the midst of my storm, mm-hmm. but I now have a shelter over my like my I built out my boat a little bit yeah. that I'm not completely bombarded all the time but I'm still not in not rough waters. Right. Right. So just fight, keep swimming, yeah, just, just keep, keep swimming. swimming. <laughs> but if y'all need help, 
Um, please always feel free to reach out to our practice to Discovery Wellness Group. We see patients from all over. You do not have to be in the state of Georgia. Um, I just want to be a resource and a help even to guide you in the right direction. You can absolutely do that. Um, you can email us at newpatient at discoverywellnessgroup.com or give us a call. Um, regardless, we are here for y'all. And we'll make sure that that is linked in the um, episode description and in the show notes. Um, so yes, if you have any questions and then also, I know we kind of talked about this um, in our well care visit of there's some things that are in the pipeline to be a place for you to, to be that resource. Mm-hmm. So you can go and, and, and look at the stuff and, and find, um, you some know, some extra support. Yeah. So we'll be telling you more about that as we, as we develop that. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources. So part of your homework discovery discovers is make sure that you have all your labs. If you haven't done labs in a while, go get comprehensive labs, get mm-hmm. as many as you can, um, you know, a full pan, like go, go get your labs from her request from hey. her office, right? So she's going to be able to see that. And then you have something, even if you feel like you're the healthiest that you've ever been, it's good to have those numbers and do that. If not yearly, which would mm-hmm. be preferable, but as, as you know, maybe every other year or so, yeah. and just to kind of, cause then you can head things off at the past as you, as you age and move through life. Yes, exactly. So, more information, knowledge is power. So, Amen to that. Yeah. So on our next episode, um, we're going to meet her better half. Um, he outpunted his coverage and got her. So, I mean, but he's absolutely fantastic. So we, we love him, but you'll get to meet um, Will in our next episode. Yep. And so they're a, a fantastic dynamic and how they do things as a team and move forward. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to share that with y'all and it's great. It's great. Me too. Thanks y'all for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Let's discover together. Hey, discover. Let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the discovery doc. Connect with us on Facebook at the discovery doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.